0: Father Wolf waited till his cups could run a little, and then on the night of the pack meeting, took them and Mogwai and Mother Wolf to the council rock, a hilltop covered with stones and boulders where a hundred wolves could hide. Akela, the great grey lone wolf, who led the pack by strength and cunning, lay out at the full length of his rock, and below him sat forty or more wolves of every size and color, from badger colored veterans who could handle a buck alone to young black three year olds who thought they could. The lone wolf had led them for a year now. Who speaks for this cub, said Akela. Among the free people, who speaks? There was no answer. and mother wolf got ready for what she knew would be her last fight if things came to fighting. Then the only other creature who is allowed at the pack council, Baloo, the sleepy bound bride, who teaches the wolf cubs the law of the jungle. Old Baloo, who can come and go where he pleases because he eats only nuts and roots and honey, rose upon his hind cords and grunted. The man cub? The man cub, he said. I speak for the man-cub. There is no harm in a man's cub. I have no gift for words, but I speak the truth. Let him run with the pack and he and be entered with the others. I myself will teach him. These words from Kipling's Jungle Book inspired Baden Powell during his creation of the Tiger Cub program in 1916 and echo still today in our Cub Scouting program. Today, Adam and I reflect a bit on the past, talk about the importance of the blue and gold, and the importance of milestones. From backpacking with your troop, to the Pinewood Derbies, to the closing campfire at Camp Shenandoah, our traditions and stories connect us to the future. So please, grab a cup of coffee and sit by the fire. You are always welcome at our campfire. Welcome to Episode 2 of CampCast, a podcast of the Virginia Headwaters Council. (music)
1: Welcome to CampCast. I'm Adam Sowers along with Kyle Enfield. Today we're going to be talking about the Blue and Gold Banquet. But first, Kyle, I would love to hear one of your best type 2 fun camping stories. Okay, so I probably have a number of type 2 fun camping
0: stories, but I'm going to talk about one that is cub themed because this is February and so we should be talking about Cub Scouts. And I'm going to take you back uh, several years. Um, this was when my son Liam was in first grade. He had just joined the pack uh, as a new Tiger Scout and was so excited. I mean, this kid was beaming. He came home from the joining meeting with uh, a used uniform already on. It was too big for him. The shirt hang, hung down to his knees, uh, <laughs> but he was so excited about it. <clears throat> and Pack 79 at the time did a pretty early uh, camp out with the whole pack at Mint Springs Park. And so of course we were going to go to it. Uh, and as the day crept, uh, closer and closer, I started looking at the weather and it was clear to me that it was going to be a special camp out, um, because the temperature dropped down to about 29 degrees on that, uh, early October, uh, evening. Okay. So we go to the camp out and, uh, and, you know, he is definitely cold. Um, they did this really cool, um, Bobcat ceremony for all the new, uh, tigers who had finished their Bobcat where they, uh, really did it up very much like a, a, crossover ceremony for joining the Bobcats. And there's all these little tiny first graders that are just trembling because it's so cold outside. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we, we bed down for the night. Um, and, all all the while we're in mid spring, so you know, my wife is texting me, Is it too cold? Is it too cold? Is it too cold? Right, and- of course, as as moms tend to do moms tend to do. Um, our water bottles froze um, in the middle of the nights, but we were in a, a little tent all huddled together. Um, Liam woke up that morning uh, just, I mean, still almost blue at his fingertips, but with the biggest grin on his face uh, for this camp out and ran down to uh, where we'd set up uh, food, got some hot chocolates. And the first words of his mouth, out of his mouth were, okay, when do we get to do this again? Uh, And so for me, that is the quintessential moment of getting a kid hooked on camping where they can just be miserable all night long, not slept well, but just happy and ecstatic that they have just had this experience. Uh, And I think that, to me, speaks to what Cub Scouting is all about.
1: Well, that's a great story. And it sounds like that was type two fun maybe for you, but maybe just type one fun for Liam. He was having a great time.
0: (laughs) Uh, you know, he did complain a little bit through the evening. I think I skipped through most of that, that portion of it. Um, but, uh, maybe it was just type one fun for him, but it was definitely type two fun for me. I had, I could not get cold all night long, warm all night long. It was a really pretty miserable camping experience. Um, particularly, uh, because I think every 15 minutes there was a, a a text message going off about, is it too cold for our children? (laughs) Is it too cold for our children? Like, well, it's 10 o'clock right now. He's asleep. So we are not leaving at this point in time.
1: Right. We'll have to get Liam on sometime and, and ask him uh, about that. What are his recollections and see if they match up?
0: Um, who knows? But I do know that I have a picture from uh, his Bobcat um, crossover the next morning because the, they put uh, little blue and black marks underneath their eyes when they finish their Bobcat. I have that picture uh, and that's going to make a reappearance in a couple of years when he uh, finishes his uh, does his Eagle Court of Honor. So um, I'm, I'm holding on to that one for a special day.
1: Right. Well, I can't wait to see that.
0: So I did mention that it is February and uh, it is all about the blue and gold in our land of Cub Scouting. So as PAC-79's current Cub Master and uh, all-around history buff, um, why, why do we celebrate the blue and gold in February?
1: Well, I think there are a couple of reasons why we celebrate the blue and gold in February. The, the largest being that the, the BSA, our parent organization, the Boy Scouts of America, was actually created on February 8, 1910. So this year would be the 113th birthday of, of scouting in, in the United States. For our Cub Scouts, which are all in elementary school, birthday parties are important milestones. And so we celebrate the blue and gold as a kind of a birthday party, because that's something that kids understand and get excited about. And there's one other really important thing that we tend to do in, and that is that we have our arrow of light crossover. When I was in Cub Scouts and crossing over into what we called Boy Scouts at the time, now Scouts BSA, we crossed over in June, and it was a big transition to go from Cub Scouts, the Weeblos program, into essentially going straight to summer camp. And so that is an experience for some kids. That can be a little bit overwhelming, that they are making a big transition anyway, generally from elementary school to thinking about middle school coming up. They're going into summer camp with maybe a bunch of strangers, and they're going to commit to spending a week in the woods with them. So if we go ahead and do our transition in the February or March timeframe, those kids, uh, the opportunity to get to know their troop, get to know their patrol, get to understand what scouting is all about and what's expected of them and what they're going to be doing at camp. And so having those extra couple months to sort of ease them into Scouts BSA is really important for a great summer camp experience. And we know that if a kid can go to summer camp that first year, they're likely to get hooked on the Scouts program and continue on. So... I hear two themes there. One is this
0: theme, theme of celebration, because we all know that uh, a scout is cheerful, uh, and then a little bit of a, a scout is reverent, Some some playback to the history of the scouting movement and giving chance giving kids a chance to connect with that history uh, from our past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also this this this. Uh, theme of milestones, this um, marking of a time in a a period of time where kids are transitioning to new activities, advancing in the program, um, and moving on. Um, I know it's really important uh, in when we think about milestones to really think about that ceremony. What are some resources out there for Cubmasters when they're thinking about the ceremony around their crossover?
1: Well, I would always say the most important thing with any kind of Cub Scout Pack event would be to to keep it simple and make it fun, and so there's a lot of materials and resources out there uh, on the internet. So you can see all kinds of different uh, ceremonies. One thing that we like to do is we get all of our dens to participate in a skit. And going back to what you had said about parts of the Scout Law, gives them a chance to be a little bit brave, right? That that's a uh, something that kids aren't. Normally, experiencing uh, you know, especially at those those younger ages, the opportunity to get out in front of someone and kind of be a little bit silly and have a good time. Uh, I think it's uh, important. Again, going back to that milestones that we kind of play up that it's a birthday party. So some uh, packs will have a full on dinner. Some will have an ice cream social. Some might just have a birthday cake. I think any of those would be appropriate. We want to keep it lively, not drag it down too much. Um, but maybe, so, sort of like we kind of suggest with a campfire, you might want to end it on more of a solemn note, and that would be the opportunity to have that that AOL crossover ceremony toward the end. The AOL crossover ceremony can be whatever you make of it. Uh, in our pack, we actually have literally a bridge that the scouts walk over. The bridge has 12 slats. And on the first slat, slat, it says trustworthy. And the second one, it says loyal. And so we encourage those scouts to look down and look at those points of the scout law as they are making that transition, walking across that bridge. And on the other side of the bridge is the scoutmaster and the senior patrol leader for whatever troop they are transitioning in. So we are sort of sending them across the bridge and they're being received by the troop That is welcoming them into the next leg of their scouting journey. One thing that you might want to check with your local council is to see if the Order of the Arrow Lodge is willing to perform the crossover ceremony. There are two official crossover ceremonies that lodges are allowed to conduct, and they're different in tone. So you can work with your lodge ceremonies team to see which one you would prefer, which one they would prefer, which one makes more sense for your unit. Uh, But it's a pretty special experience. And there's, of course, that, that connection between the arrow of light, which these scouts are earning maybe moments before they cross over, and the order of the arrow. So some packs do it in February, but is that the only time that you can do a crossover ceremony? I think the best time to do the crossover ceremony would be whenever the scouts are ready to cross over. For some, uh, because the Arrow of Light program is a little bit more abbreviated than other years, some might be able to finish up by the end of the year or into the, just into the new year. Some might be a little bit later just because of... I know, for example, uh, in 2020, it was very hard for our uh, dens to get together. And so there was a little bit of a delay in getting those kids crossed over, but it was still an appropriate amount of time that they could get used to going to the troop and understanding the transition that they were going through.
0: So we've talked a lot about the blue and gold ceremony and, um, we've talked a little bit about the crossover ceremony, Uh, but I want to take us back a little bit into the history because I think a lot of parents and even scouters don't really know sort of the deep history that comes with the cub scouting program. So I wonder if you could take us down a little walk down memory lane about 100 years ago, and, and tell us, uh, how did we get to this, this Cub Scouting program that we have today?
1: Sure. So the history of Cub Scouting in the U.S. is really tied into the history of the scouting movement worldwide. As you might know, Lord Baden-Powell introduced the scouting movement in England in 1908, and pretty soon on, there were those younger brothers who wanted to go and do whatever their older brothers were doing. And so, in 1916, Baden-Powell created what he called the Wolf Cubs Program. This program was largely based on the book, The Jungle Book, by Rudyard Kipling. The BSA was also looking for a program for younger kids, and they looked to the UK at their program to see what elements they might want to absorb. That's where we actually get two of the most important elements of cub scouting, Akela, the leader of the Cub Scout Pack. And that's why we have the two-fingered scout sign that we use. Those are Akela's ears listening. So that's a part of the Jungle Book that actually ties back to scouting in the UK. The other one is Baloo, the bear. Now, our third graders go through the bear year, and a lot of the adventures are still named Baloo. And of course, Kyle, you would remember uh, being a leader yourself that uh, we as Cub Scout leaders have to take the blue training, and I th- believe that is the origin of the term blue.
0: Yeah, I think um, if if you're a Cub Scout leader and have not looked at blue training, you should definitely reach out to your local council and find out when that's going to happen. Uh, Because it's a great experience, particularly for those Cub Scout leaders who may have less camping experience than others. uh, And it's a good milestone uh, to mark your journey on through the Cub Scout programming uh, and into the scouting program and sort of prepares you for uh, the introduction to leadership skills uh, that you'll need to take uh, as a um, assistant scoutmaster or scoutmaster.
1: That's absolutely true. And it's also required if you want to take your kids camping and just about every Cub Scout I know wants to go camping.
0: Yeah, who doesn't want to go camping? I think I'd rather be camping right now,
1: as it it turns out. Oh, me too. The BSA's Cub Experimental Program began in 1930. It was originally called Cubbing instead of Cub Scouts. And the program was structured a little bit differently than the way it is now. The first rank was Wolf, and then there was Bear. And then after Bear, there was Lion. And then there was this Scout transition. And that's actually where we get the, the term webelos wolf bear lion scouts now the lion program went away at some point and has actually come back and we'll talk about that a little bit later and Weebelows has sort of developed a backronym for will be loyal scouts so the webelos den uh program started at age 10 and a half it was a very short program after lion to start to transition those kids so we We can see that even back decades ago, there was a thought that we need to transition our cubs into scouting. We've expanded that a little bit over time. Uh, Originally, dens were led by the scouts themselves. Scouts from the troop would come and serve as den guides. And then there was the concept of the sort of the den mother who would keep an eye on things, but really let the scouts lead. So you know, speaking about scouts
0: leading, um, I just want to point out to people that the den chief position still exists for scouts. It's a leadership position that all scouts should should think about and. My experience uh, running dens when you have a, a good den leader, um, your den meetings run that much better because kids will always listen to older kids before they're going to listen to adults. So if you're a den leader out there trying to figure out how you can really empower your den right now, uh, reach to your local scouting unit and see if you can get a, a, a younger scout to come as a den chief or, or maybe an older scout who doesn't have a leadership position but needs that for their rank advancement.
1: That's a great point. This is also an opportunity to remind your scouts. That are transitioning to the troop. Hey, come back. We'd love to have you as a, as a DIN chief. So, as I was mentioning earlier, there have been some changes to the different ranks in scouting. Uh, in 1982, recognizing the need for those younger first graders to join the program, because they were, let's be honest, they were already coming to PAC meetings and that sort of thing, they developed the, what was called the Tiger Cubs program. The name Tiger Cubs, at some point they dropped the term Cubs. So we just refer to them as Tiger Scouts. And then in 2018, the Lions program was added. And that's for our kindergartners. And I love the Lion program. I think it's such a gentle introduction to scouting and so much fun. So, you know, one of the
0: first campouts that I took my youngest son to, Finn, he was not quite in the Lion program and at the time, I was the cub master for our our pack. And I said, okay, I need uh, all my tigers to to line up for, for dinner. And Finn's eyes got the 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 size of small baseballs because he really thought there were going to be tigers coming out for <laughs> dinner. Um, and so uh, another funny story that I, I hope to uh, remind him of in a, in a couple of years when he uh, gets to the, the rank of an eagle. But
1: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, to, to wait till he hears about the wolves and the bears coming as well.
0: Yeah, I think uh, at that point in time, he had figured out that I was talking about other kids, um, but he, uh, I think he still remembers this uh, experience because he'll bring it up every once in a while. He, of course, is now in uh, in the wolf den, and so he uh, participates gladly in a, in a nice wolf howl before dinner.
1: Very nice. Also in 2018, the BSA added the option for packs to begin admitting girls into the program, what we like to call full family scouting. That's a Decision that the PAC leadership needs to make with the chartering organization. It is something that we piloted in 2018 with our PAC and has been a great success. So, you know, I think
0: that the full family scouting really follows that tradition that started a long time ago in, in, in 1916, which really is, is that the BSA recognized that we already had girls participating fully in pack advance, but we're not uh, eligible for the rank advancement that their brothers were. Um, And, you know, what I find having run now both boys' den and girls' dens, is um, there are differences, um, but really these are kids that just want to go out and explore the outdoors. They want to learn how to use tools. Um, They're excited. uh, And and involving the full family in the Cub Scouting program really has in my opinion, been one of the best moves we've made in a long time uh for uh the BSA in general. So now that we've you know covered that history um and we talked a little bit about about what a blue and gold is like um as Cubmaster what do you do to prepare for um your blue and gold? Prepare <laughs> Well, I think, I think that is the, uh, the, the slogan of, of, of Scouts PSA is to be prepared. Yes, but we're in Cub Scouts and it's just do your best. And that's what I try to do every time. It's just I, do my I, best. I, I think that's probably a, a great way to do it. But um, have you involved families or others in, in your preparation? And what have you seen has been worked well and what hasn't worked well?
1: As I mentioned earlier, I think keeping it simple and making it fun are the two most important parts to any of this. And the part of that keeping it simple is to not Over program or over plan too many of the aspects of the dinner itself. We've had blue and gold events that were really great, that had all sorts of balloons and centerpieces at the table. And you could tell that there was a lot of effort that had been put into it. And the kids have had just as much fun doing an ice cream social. If that's something that you are really interested in and really speaks to you, or if you have someone especially if you have someone else in your pack who is really good at event planning and that sort of thing, this is a great opportunity to bring them in and have them uh, help you out. Because as Cubmaster, we're really in charge of the program, but we have to understand too, that we are not always the best at maybe planning a large event. So if you can find someone else that is really good at that sort of thing, it's going to be a huge asset for you.
0: And as the, a as the committee chair, I will tell you that uh, the Blue and Gold is a really great place to engage families, both in the, the AOL den that's leaving, but also the younger families and sort of helping prepare something uh, for the scouts that are leaving and, and try to keep those families hooked in the scouting program as they transition into the troop, um, because we know that that's important at all levels of the program. So as we uh, wrap up this session, uh, Adam, maybe uh, take us to, to a campfire and, and tell us a story uh, about your most memorable Blue and Gold event.
1: Probably the most memorable one I can think of was that in February of 2020, we actually had a transition of our own. Uh, Kyle, you stepped down from being the Cub Master and became the committee chair. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I took on the role of the Cub Master, uh, following in your footsteps. And I remember right after the blue and gold, your daughter came up to you crying because she realized that her father was not going to be the Cub Master to send her off when it was time for her to transition to a troop. And uh, I will preface this by saying I am a big fan of putting Velcro on your uniform, especially if you're one of those people that have a bunch of different roles. It's a scout is thrifty, and it's way easier to just pop on and off Velcro to switch from the uh, assistant scoutmaster to the cubmaster to the den leader. It's very easy to just pull that Velcro off and slap a new one on when you're rushing to your meeting. And so I guess it was March of 2022. Uh, We had another transition, an AOL transition, and this time it was your daughter's den. And they were going off to found a brand new troop because we didn't have a troop for girls in our area. And there were four very brave girls that had gone through the Cub Scouting program and were ready to transition into this new troop. And so it happened to be the same time that I was transitioning my oldest son into a troop. And so we, we finished with the boys' uh, den, and we started transitioning the girls over, and I pulled the patch off of my uniform and handed it to you so that for just a moment, that little girl could be transitioned over by her gut master. <laughs> Okay, so
0: as Adam and I both cry on uh, camera here, um, I'm going to have to say, yeah, that is going to be a memory that I'm going to take take with me as we move through the uh, Cub Scouting program with um, my son Finn, um, and also the 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 Scouting program for both my daughter Annalise and, and Liam. Um, I think it actually really speaks um, to a to a lot of things that's important uh, in the Scouting program, and that is. Um, the the traditions that we we carry forward and those those ties that hold us together and that's kind of what this com- this campcast program is all about is is you know what are the ties that link us as a council what are the ties that link us to uh, scouts bsa and and what are the ties um, that uh, link us to the world uh, um, scouting movement um, but in case I never said it uh, that was a really special moment for me and uh, both Annalise and I really cherish it so you know. It, I really have appreciated this time uh, talking about uh, the Cub Scouting program. Uh, if you are tuning in t- for the first time to the CampCast, uh, we really appreciate your feedback. Uh, reach out to myself or Adam uh, at a district committee meeting or uh, at Camp Shenandoah if you find us there about things that you would like to talk to us about uh, and things that you'd like to learn more about during CampCast, And we'll try to bring on someone who can speak to them. Um, and if you're planning your blue and gold and, uh, need advice, uh, feel free to reach out to Adam, um, or better yet, just get on Pinterest because there are a lot of ideas out there, uh, and, and, and do take that advice, keep it simple, make it fun. And your scouts will really appreciate all the work you put into it. So this will conclude this edition of CampCast. uh, tune in next time for a discussion with our council treasurer, Matt Phillippe, and we'll see you soon around a campfire.